Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pick Up The Mic. Uh, we are joined today again by our lovely co-hosts. Um, if you guys want to introduce yourselves, please do. Hi everyone. Uh, yeah, so glad to be back with another episode. We're past the halfway point at this you know, point in time. Uh, but as always, it's a pleasure to give you guys a new episode. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. Hey guys, as Jeffrey said, good to be back. <laughs> hey guys, it's Mish. Good to be back. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much for the introduction. Um, (laughs) um, So today, our lovely listeners, um, we have a new um, guest speaker in called Diamond. Uh, She set up her own environmental justice organization. And so we're going to hear a little bit from her. So hopefully I haven't ruined anything with the introduction. Hopefully there's no spoilers there. So spoiler alert, over. Um, Diamond, please do tell us a little bit about yourself if you can. Yeah, of course. First, I just want to thank you all so very much for having me. Um, Any opportunity to talk about environmental justice and the work that I'm passionate about, uh, I'm here for it. Uh, But just a bit of introduction about myself. Again, my name is Diamond. Uh, I'm actually from the U.S. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia, so southeast of the U.S. Um, I am actually the founder of Millennials for Environmental Justice. We are a nonprofit organization that advocates for environmental justice, specifically in particularly in black and brown communities across the US. We've been around since 2019, so still very new, um, but I've just been in this space of environmental justice and social justice and health equity for about maybe five years now. Um, so I, um, I've i just been really excited about the opportunity and passionate to be able to intersect environmental issues with health, with social issues, race, and really just making sure that we are all looking out for each other and able to thrive in safe environments. Amazing, thank you so much. That was an amazing uh, introduction. And you've, it sounds like you've done so many good things already. Um, so can I ask, are you a millennial yourself? Yes, I am. I'm a millennial. Um, I am 24. I'll be 25 next week. <laughs> but hey, I'm, hey. A, I'm a millennial. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, so that that is kind of the basis of me saying millennials for environmental justice, because I am a millennial myself and our board members. <clears throat> we're all millennials as well. We're all young and we want to get us young folks involved and engage in environmental justice. It's it's our turn. Yes. It's about time millennials got off making memes and got into environmental justice. So that's it. No, I was joking. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. No, we can do both. Exactly. (laughs) Don't endorse that. Um, Yeah. No, that was, was, yeah, it's really interesting. Thank you. No, definitely. It's super cool what you're doing. And I love that you want to just like get everyone involved. Oh, it's just, environment is so important, man. (laughs) Yes. It is. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I think it's sick, honestly. So yeah, wow. Uh, I guess you guys are, you know, amped and ready to learn more about Diamond and uh, Millennials for Environmental Justice as well. So I guess the first thing we need to start off with, uh, especially when it comes to like environmental topics, is this understanding of, uh, you know, certain keywords or key phrases. Um, so Diamond, our first official question to you is, what is environmental justice? What does it mean? What is, uh, you know, what's involved in it? Uh, just so our listeners uh, who may not, who may not, you know, have know a lot about it or, you know, specialize in environmentalism as a whole, uh, just so they could get a bit of an understanding too. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's, 
not surprising that a lot of people actually don't know what in the world environmental justice is, or they think they know, and then they see the definition, they're like, hey, what is this? Um, so that's very common. And that's no one's fault at all. I mean, we go based off of what we learn in university and school and things like that. But I would say, um, just like, I feel like the most, like, the, the definition that I've seen most often is usually like from the Environmental Protection Agency, where they're talking about the fair, just, equal treatment of people, regardless of like race, color, income, things like that, um, and the involvement of environmental issues. So anything that has to do with the environment. So that's usually like the type of things that I see, like being able to make sure that everyone is involved in environmental decisions and implementation and things like that, which I totally agree with that. I think that that is definitely great. But I think for me, what I've been trying to do over the past couple of years is to dig into another layer of that and understanding that, yes, it's important that all of us have safe um, healthy environments, but also making sure that we are paying attention to those who traditionally do not. So equality is one thing, but when we take an a next step and look at equity and making sure that we are prioritizing people who are disproportionately burdened by the environment. That's really what environmental justice is for me, because we can't really, we've only gotten so far just saying, oh, we're all going to be treated the same. We're all going to do this exactly the same. But there are some people who have extra needs, who have bear that burden as far as the environment. And we've seen it over the years. So I think that for me, that's my understanding of environmental justice. And that's what I've been trying to kind of drill into people's heads too, just because it's so important as far as especially making sure that we have great equitable practices, programmings, things like that. Um, it's important to get into that equity side of things. Yeah, hundred percent. I definitely agree. And I think that that's a key phrase that you like clarified on, because I think sometimes, like you said, like people think equity and equality are basically the same thing when they're actually not. And I know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it and if I can find it, I can just like slot it, slot it in. So if anyone's seeing it, this on YouTube, they can see the, the image. Um, but there's the image of like people with, um, it's like, oh, what is it? It's like three words. I don't remember the third word, but it's like equality, equity and something else. And it's to do with like the steps. So it's supposed to say that, you know, like equality would mean that that, you know, the tallest person is trying to view over a fence. They might need a small step and everyone's got different steps, but, you know, their steps are bigger or, or it means they can't see exactly over the fence. Uh, but when it comes to equity, it's this idea of, you know, everyone's given the amount of support that they need to, you know, to get over that fence or to get over the hurdle. And it's the same with, you know, environmental justice. Everyone's given that opportunity to, uh, to you know, have that same level playing field, which is is definitely key, especially when it comes to environmentalism, and especially environmentalism within, um, you know, uh, like I said, black, black and brown uh, communities uh, worldwide. So yeah, thank you very much for that. So, sorry, Michelle, I saw you. I saw you on mute. So I don't know if <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were to. Sorry, um, I think I've seen the same picture that you're talking about, but I've seen yeah. it with like a tree, and it's mm. like the tree is like leaned this way, so there's more apples on this side. But then equality, I forgot which one falls under which one, but but we should definitely find it, and link it because it's really cool. But also, I think it's really important and cool that you're focusing on that because as much as like environmentalism especially like before I feel like being green and being like using all reusable things and all that kind of actions is always seemed as like 
if you have more money, then you're able to do that and you're able to do it. And then you look better. And it's not fair because obviously everybody needs to get and wants to get involved with like being more green. But for some people, it is just a bit less accessible depending on like your income and like obviously many, many different things. So I think it's really cool that you're actually shining a light on that. And it's just like, just because you don't have this or you don't have that doesn't mean that you can't be environmental. Like everybody ha- has the chance and has the ability and need, and that needs to be like noticed. And if you need to be able to do it a different way, then that needs to be noticed. Just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you struggled to get that last word out. Um, but yeah. I just think it's really sick that you're like shining light on that because yeah. everyone wants and can be green. Yes. Yeah. I think there is, there is a problem where like, just like there's this image that just like, you know, there's the, like the wealthy person that's buying these reusable bags and drives a green car and comes in and just like, Oh, if you don't do this, you're an awful person. And there's the first, you know, then there's like these vast communities that can't afford it. And a lot of them, like you're saying are based off of race. And so you're saying, Oh, you know, like wit. And I've heard this quite a lot, you know, Oh, it's not as bad as like the plastic we use is, is not as much as Southeast Asia or something um, or like this other place. And actually just like, well, you know, like some places can't afford, you know, all they can afford is single use plastic. So it's, it's, it's not like, you know, not being pushed in someone's face as in just like, look at our superiority here. You know, we're using a recyclable bag and we've got, yeah, like I was saying, like got a green car, we've got a greenhouse that's got like good insulation and stuff um so it's not it's not it's not applicable for all people and to have some sort of hierarchy based off of greenness that's only affordable to the to the wealthy is, is definitely something that needs to be overcome yeah that's that's exactly right I feel like that's it's it's coming from a place of privilege like it's a privilege to be able to use reusable 100%. bags or like you know to have solar panels on our house like of course we all want that like that's cool but yeah, that's you know dream. it's yeah right like I want some but you know <laughs> when you think about the reality and this idea of equity and we we are not all um we don't all have the same opportunities and the same income and the same power and things like that we can't all do that I mean I think another thing that someone mentioned to me was um just even the idea of being like a vegan or a vegetarian like thinking about the privilege that comes behind that and I've never thought about that I've actually been vegetarian for like 10 years now and I never thought about just like the privilege of being able to pick and choose what I will and what I won't eat I'm like oh wow that actually is like to be able to to make that decision that is a privilege because you in some places you're going to just eat what you're given and be grateful for that too so that's just kind of another thing that I think comes along with the same kind of discussion No, a hundred percent. I completely agree with you. Like just having that privilege of being able to be like, oh, like it's just little things, but they all add up, don't they? And it's just like being able to be like, oh, I'm going to have oat milk instead of like not normal milk. Like honestly, whenever, I mean, it's very different, but like whenever I go order a coffee, I'm like, oh, can I have oat milk in that? And I feel like, I just feel so like, oh my God, like I feel like I'm the way that I say it, I'm like, oh, I'm having oat milk, but it's just like, I'm also really lucky to be able to even just make that choice. You know, it's just, it's all about the little things. <laughs> so thanks, Diamond. Thanks for that um, explanation of what environmental justice is. And, um, you know, as we were just talking a second ago, I'm that person who doesn't know what environmental justice is. So <laughs> here we are. I'm glad that I know now. But um, what we kind of want to know now is how does environmental justice link to climate change? Like what impact does it have on climate change? 
Yeah, another really great question. Um, so environmental justice has absolutely everything to do with climate change. I mean, personally, I feel like you cannot have one without the other. They're both contingent on each other. And I think especially just as environmental scientists or in the environmental health field, you have to talk about environmental justice. Like you cannot just say, I'm just gonna focus on the policy side. I'm gonna focus on the science side of things, the chemistry, the earth. You can't just do that because environmental justice has everything to do with it. Um, I know just like giving a few examples, um, specifically like in the US, I think a couple of years ago, maybe in 2008 now, we had Hurricane Katrina and it was a horrible, horrible hurricane that happened. And the predominantly like demographic that was affected by Hurricane Katrina were black, low income people. And I think that yes, the hurricanes are exacerbated by, you know, the impacts that we see of climate change, things like that. Just like we see those natural disasters happening more often. We see, um, you know, sea levels rising, things like that. Yeah, we know that all of us are experiencing climate change and we see it every day we're seeing it but we also have to understand who's um who's bearing that greatest burden who's disproportionately um having to live with the fact that you know okay there's been a hurricane but now what you know everyone's not privileged enough to be able to migrate over to a safe place they're not able to be privileged enough to rebuild their homes for example so that's an income disparity that has everything to do with environmental justice and also race too um especially things that we've been seeing especially just i mean thinking like this year with covid i mean yes of course everyone is at risk but we see that there are different groups that are most vulnerable, aging populations, black and brown communities, low income communities. I think that that climate change is the exact same concept here because we all know that climate change is everywhere. I mean, it's going to happen, unfortunately, and we're doing everything we can to mitigate it, but we're still going to see differences as far as who's going to be most impacted. We're still going to see those. And so until we actually get under the, the ground and make sure that we're addressing those root causes of um, things like climate change, but more so things like environmental justice, we're not going to be able to um, make sure that the people who are seeing that burden disproportionately, we're not going to be able to uh, to support them because you can't move on. You can't just say, oh, yeah, we're going to work to, you know, mitigate climate change by, you know, with leaving this group of people behind. You can't leave people behind. It doesn't work like that because we're not going to be able to move forward with mitigating climate change if we still have a huge group of people who are going to be disproportionately impacted. So, yeah, climate change has absolutely everything to do with environmental justice and vice versa. Wow, that was powerful. <laughs> I mean, I, I love how like passionate you are about this. Because I, I was listening I'm to it. I was like, <laughs> no, no, but yeah, I, I mean, love really passion. Very well said. <laughs> Amazing. I was just wondering, um, just for our listeners, could you give an example of like, is it like different different countries that are affected in different ways by um, environmental impacts that are uh, that that you would say that your um, your charity responds to or helps in some way or yeah yeah 
Of course. So I can actually, so for M4EJ, for Millennials for Environmental Justice, we focus mainly on issues that occur in the U.S. But me being an environmental health professional, I actually spent some time in Southeast Asia. I was in Cambodia for a couple of months where I was actually tasked with leading a project um, to work on the intersection of gender and also water, <clears throat> water sanitation and hygiene. And so what I did was the issue was that girls and women are disproportionately at risk of water and sanitation and hygiene issues. Um, and we know that for many reasons, one, with the gender disparities that we see and the gender norms and not even being able to be at the decision-making table when it comes to water and sanitation issues. So there's that. But also just thinking about menstrual hygiene, um, women obviously need to have clean, safe, drinking or clean, safe water um, and sanitation. So that's another big issue too. And so what I was able to do was actually merge both of the sectors so that I could have governmental leaders to talk with on people who are working on the ground as far as making sure that people had clean and safe drinking water. And I was able to get all those people in the same room to talk about how they can work together because it's no sense because there's no sense of working separately. Like there shouldn't just be the gender sector working and then the water and sanitation sector working. They need to be working together because they're advocating for the same types of things. You know, we want, you know, gender, gender equality, gender equity and things like that. But we also want, you know, water, sanitation and hygiene. So why not? work together to create a plan so that girls and women can be able to speak up for themselves and to advocate for themselves to have clean clean drinking water, clean sanitation and things like that, because it's a huge issue, especially public health issue. And you think about all of the different stressors to also just the mental health and the physical health impacts that we see. So that's just one of the like other things that I do as well. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's like you were saying before this podcast, like if, if you can pull together every single resource that there is, you can get the most disprivileged people and raise them up. Cause obviously like, it, you know, it goes in tears and it combines. So like one, like being a woman and being of, you know, from a certain ethnic background, you combine the two and it, it makes it a lot worse. So instead of just like channeling into just mindlessly, just being like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to affect, we're going to help these people. And then not think about actually looking at the micro communities and, and the different people to, to see where to put that into makes a, makes a big difference. That's, that's amazing work that you, you're doing there. Yeah, thank you. Honestly, it's so sick. I can't believe you did that. I mean, I can't believe it. It sounds amazing. But like the fact that you were able to actually bring them together, because like that is, especially I feel like in obviously lower income areas, like it's just obviously most like women of color and things are just completely just disregarded as a whole even in their own communities and then the fact that you were able to bring everything together so that it actually worked out for them like that's just absolutely sick like honestly well done that's amazing thank you so much this is actually like one of my absolute favorite projects that I've ever done and so meaningful and impactful um it was just it was a beautiful time I will say oh I'm sure like absolutely amazing well done <laughs> Okay, cool um so honestly like the conversation we've been having has been so interesting and like I love your passion there's obviously like so much that you have to say and it's amazing um but now we were wondering if we could figure out a little bit more about like your organization so we were wondering what actually inspired you to create um millennials for environmental justice 
Yeah, of course. Happy to talk about that. Um, so I always knew that growing up, I love the nonprofit space. Like that's where I felt like I could really put my passion like into play. So I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to be like the director of the World Health Organization or something big like that. But then um, I got into the topic of environmental justice and I was actually like in my first year. Yeah, I was in my first year of grad school and I was just like, I'm going to do it like I, I mean, there's never a right time to do something like this. I mean, having a nonprofit organization is a ton of work starting it and to maintain it is an even bigger job, um, but it's the work that I love. So I enjoy doing it, but there's never a great time to start it, but I just had to get up and say, I'm doing it. Like, let's do it. So I grabbed a few friends. And I'm like, Hey, do you like environmental justice as much as me? And like, great. Okay. Let's start this organization. Um, so that's how it got um, kind of started back in 2019. And so we have a really great board now. I think there's like seven of us. We're all young. We're women-led and everyone is really great. Um, but as far as like how I got into environmental justice. So when I was in undergrad, I actually studied environmental policy and analysis. Um, and I specialized in like international perspectives and like minored in French. And then um, I think it was like my second internship back in 2016. I had, had a random internship that I wasn't supposed to get but it ended up being really great because I was exposed to environmental justice. And I'm like, oh, what's this? I'm like, are you telling me there are people disproportionately exposed to these issues and most of the people look like me? That was very triggering for me. It was very, very triggering. And I actually remember myself going onto Facebook, asking like my cousins and my aunts and stuff. I'm like, do you guys know what this is? You know what environmental justice is? And of course, people were like ignoring me. No one knew what I was talking about. And I'm like, okay, if I don't know, if I'm in the environmental sector, there's no way like people like my family members, my friends, there's no way that they know, like no one knows what I'm talking about. And that was a huge issue to me because there's no reason that we're the people who are experiencing these issues and we don't know what in the world is going on. We should know these things so that we can advocate for ourselves. If we don't know what's going on in our own backyards, how do you expect us to go talk to leaders and to talk to community members and tell them and advocate for ourselves? It just doesn't make sense. So that's really why and how I started in for ej because I'm like, I need to educate. I need to, I would be doing myself and my community a disservice if I sat on this type of information. I was in a space where I felt like I was privileged enough to be able to go to school and learn about the issue. So now it's my time to give back. I'm very service oriented person. I love giving back to people. And so I was like, I it's my job basically to educate people, to get them involved and get them excited about environmental justice. I mean, we all seem like we're excited about it, but the average person, they're all like, environmental justice like you know can we talk about something else <laughs> you know which is understandable but we got to communicate it in a way that people are going to be like oh yeah I need to advocate for this like and I get it too because there's so much there's so much going on right now there's so many things there's always something COVID I mean uh, police brutality here just everything's going on it's hard to be like you're gonna say thing. it's another thing I gotta worry about another thing I gotta advocate for but you have to explain it in a way that they're all connected everything's interdisciplinary and so that's a Another thing behind it for EJ is connecting it to all these other issues that we see here. So that's really how I got involved into environmental justice and also into millennials for environmental justice. So hopefully we keep on going strong for many more years to come. 
A hundred percent. No, I I completely agree with you, especially with like, just honestly, anything that has to do with an environment, like, like you said, everything is linked and just spreading information and helping people like be educated on specific things. Cause obviously, like you said, like it affects them and they don't even know what's going on. Honestly, I completely back you in every way. That's so, so important. And I love that you're doing it. Cause honestly, like, first of all, like I said, education, but just letting people know of things so that they're able to at least understand. And then if they sit on that information, then that's on them. But at least you need to be able to like have that information to act upon it and be better for your own sake. Oh man. No, honestly, that's sick. And it's so, so important. Thank you. We're coming up to the last question now. Um, and something I believe is that the only way to repair the world is through pursuing justice in absolutely everything that happens. And the environment is a very important part of the world. So environmental justice is a very important point I think everyone should know about. Um, and so for Diamond, what do you think... Um, that individuals can do to better support their local communities and promote this environmental justice that is so important? Yeah, um, so there's there's tons of things that can be done. And I think what's very critical is making sure that we're doing things on different levels. Um, so of course, you know, there's tons of things that we can do as individuals on an individual level. And I think with that, a lot of that comes to reading up on things about environmental justice, educating yourself. I mean, literature is everything and <laughs> making sure that you are knowledgeable about what is going on and what, I mean, even just knowing what environmental justice is, I think is goes a long way. So like you having that personal understanding of what it is and what you can do, I think is definitely very critical. But I think it's also um, good to take it a, ne a next step and not only sit, not sit on that information, but take it to the interpersonal level and be able to share what you've learned with others. So whether that's with friend group, whether that's with your family, I think it's very critical because if you didn't know, it's nine times out of 10, I mean, other people in your same network probably don't know what it is either. So I think that even just being able to share what you know across your community, across different people, I think that that's really great. But also getting involved in different networks. There are tons of just different work groups and networks that have to do with environmental issues and environmental justice. I think that's very critical to be able to figure out you know, what you can do on those larger scales. So on that institu institutional level, on the community level, but also on the policy level, too. I mean, I think that I always tell people to be very vocal, especially if you're like college student, because college students, we actually do have way more power than we really think. I mean, at least like in the U.S., like we're paying tons of money for to be able to go to that university. So like you better give us what we want. You know, you need to start talking about environmental justice more in the lectures. Like when I think back to my undergraduate experience, I felt like I knew a little bit about environmental justice, but it wasn't as much. And I feel like we definitely like we should be in charge of the type of information we're learning from our professors, like tell them we want to know more about environmental justice. Talk about this case study. I think that's very critical because otherwise you won't know about it. You won't know about it until, you know, you're sitting on a podcast or like, you know, you're just talking with friends about environmental justice. But 
I think that's very critical for everyone to know in the university, but also just getting involved, um, of course, with different grassroots organizations like M4EJ. There's tons of others as well that's doing really great work. But I think a lot of the work for in the impact of environmental justice is going to come from that education and that literacy and people, just as I said earlier, knowing what in the world is going on in your own backyard. If you don't know, there's no way that you're going to be able to advocate for it because you, don't, you didn't even know it was happening in your own neighborhood. So I think that's very critical too, but um, especially when thinking about being able to be on those decision-making tables. I think a lot of times in the past, we talked about, um, I wanna be the voice for the, for the unheard or for the people who can't speak themselves. I think that that was great, but I feel like now we should be passing the mic, pass the mic to the people who are traditionally unheard. So instead of talking for themselves, I mean, I can only do so much as one person in one organization, but I think if we're spreading it across like horizontally and making sure that people who are traditionally unheard um, have the opportunity to speak up, I think that that would be an amazing um, way to be able to make sure that people are more aware of environmental justice. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely amazing to have you um, explaining all of that. And now it's actually your turn to ask us a question. So if you've got a question, please do ask it now. Yes, so I do actually have a question. So now you guys are in a half spot. Um, so my question is, um, you know, if you could reflect on the first time that you've heard the term environmental justice, um, when was it? You know, if you remember um, when you heard it, if it was in school, if it was while you were a little bit younger, um, and if you haven't heard it, why, you know, why do you think that you hadn't heard the term before? Um, so, yeah, to answer those two amazing questions, um, I don't know if I've used the word amazing enough yet, but I feel that I need to with this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, the first time I heard about, um, environmental justice was in my university degree. Like I said, I, in my undergraduate, I was doing, um, it was involved in yeah, so many, so many different degrees, like, well, in, in its own way, not necessarily spelled out in like, um, in history and politics that I studied, but then also in, um, <laughs> um, when I was doing, um, geo, um, uh, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> I literally just said it as well. Uh, not the geopolitics, uh, psychogeography. That's it. Um, a lot of that was to do with the same, the very same things in in the very extreme ways of what what you've mentioned for um, environmental justice. So I'd say in my degree, it was a big part of it. Um, <laughs> the lecturer was like super super in for oh watch out. Um, Michelle, I think if you put yourself on mute, because I think if you get a notification, it sends, it'll start recording you. Yeah, cool. Um, <coughs> cool, yeah. And I mean, like, like, like even from, even from history, I guess, like, um, like in, in the North, like, well, the whole of the um, industrial revolution in the UK started because of mining in the North. Um, and it, well, actually, that, that's, that's a lie. It started because, um, coal was used as a resource and coal was found close to London, which meant that a lot of the UK could be industrialized, everything could be made quickly, could make ships that could travel across the world. Um, and that puts a, an extremely big advantage on a civilization. And that's, that is basically what, what we were taught as history was the reason that it was all able to happen was because of they found coal near London. 
um, environmental justice then is a the coal going into the air, but also the fact that the miners were children um, and 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 adults that were just sent into the mines and would die in, in massive numbers, uh, not giving any not given any wage, and basically that's that's all they could do in the environment that they grew up in. That was and now that environmental injustice has very recently actually ended um, and it's moved, it's, it's, well, it hasn't necessarily ended fully because there's still disparity between uh, the North and the South of, of England, but um, it's, it's mainly moved abroad. And so now uh, in environmental justice, and it's not necessarily something um, that Diamond said, but in, in like explicitly, but environmental justice is also things that happen in the UK that affect other countries, like using resources, using products, using oil, <laughs> using coal, using, you know, even, even, you know, the ores that we use for our phones and for uh, like electrical circuits and everything like that comes from another country and, and, and labor has been exploited. And that, that is a form of environmental justice in many ways that the, the people that are dealing with the waste and all of that live in other countries. And now it's just out of, out of sight, but not out of mind for the UK. So I'd say, um, I'd say, yeah, it, it's it's come in in some ways, in multiple ways, through through that in 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 in, in history classes and politics classes as well. This is an issue that we talk about. Um, although, like, I had actually heard of it again before that course and stuff from like uh, different mediums, like YouTube and through songs. Um, I didn't hear it. At, I didn't hear it at school though. Um, I mean, the only thing I was, we were really taught at school to do was to recycle and turn the light out. Um, and yeah, I, I guess like you're asking why or why not this was the case. Why, why do I think the schools don't necessarily teach? I think that's for multiple reasons. But I think one, one reason is uh, that, I don't know, the government doesn't necessarily prioritise um, explaining where the people that have made the laws and have made... Um, and the businesses that inform the government on what to do, because actually the business is very, uh, and business, uh, the government is very business run in the, in the UK. <laughs> it's a democracy, but it's also lobbyists and things like that come from businesses. And it's, it's very heavy on their side. And I, I think those, those people generally don't want justice for themselves. <laughs> um, they're going to, they don't want to be like, yeah, give me justice. Um, so um, I think that, that probably has something to do with it. And I think it's a bit like, I don't know. So a lot of it is to do with capitalism. And I think the the government is is, is a capitalist society, is a capitalist system, and it does it's, it does things for some people and it doesn't do things for others. And I think um, a lot of capitalism doesn't have consideration for the environment. And that's what environmental justice will hopefully do, is to bring that into a capitalist system and say, you know, there's a there's a there's a limit. Capitalism that's gone wild, you know, could just take everything and seize everything as a resource, but you say no there's a limit and there's there's justice if you cross that limit and i think that is partly what environmental justice um is doing and i think i, I watched philip wang um yesterday he was a comedian it's really funny he's on netflix do recommend him uh and he was he said jokingly uh i was a communist when i was younger but when i when i got some capital i realized the system was the thing for me and he was saying like i guess the secrets in the name capitalism and i think that's the thing like capitalism it protects capital and it protect and the people that have capital so i don't know that's an issue in itself to the environment because 
environmental justice is affecting people that don't have capital, that are affected by the capitalist systems that don't protect anything outside of its capital sphere of influence. But anyway, I don't know if that's too theological or whatever. I'm sure everyone, but yeah, uh, that's that's my answer basically. Um, yeah, no, I definitely agree with like a lot of the stuff that you said, Sam, as well. But I think, I mean, probably for me, when I first heard the term, I think I didn't really hear the term properly until today. Or that's not true. I think I've heard the term said before, but I think prior to today, I think it had like, I don't think I really looked into it much. I thought environmental justice was just like another way for like people caring and like going out of the way to care for the environment I don't think I paid attention to it in enough detail to notice that it was deeper than that and it was like systemic and all that jazz I guess but I think I did hear like um actually the details about it like for example you know lower income trees obviously being worsely affected by climate change and things like that more when I was like doing all of the research I knew about it a little bit before but I learned about it in detail definitely when I was doing all the research for my major project um in final year because obviously before I found environmental anxiety I found a lot on like environmental um it was like anxiety, but it wasn't just about, you know, the environment and like being stressed about that. And it was more, um, I think, stuff that Sam has done as well about how like uh, lower income areas are obviously more likely to get like obviously the effects of climate change, such as like, you know, um, what's the word? But disasters. Uh, is that the word? disasters you know which one yeah like climate disasters and things like that they are all obviously are more likely to happen now due to climate change and they're more likely to happen in low-income areas and that obviously affects people psychologically because then they're like have to deal like going through PTSD of having had like something that bad due to climate change so like not even in like natural circumstances because in natural circumstances it would be like obviously they would have that PTSD but with my climate change it's worse because they're like this wasn't supposed to happen we don't know if it's going to happen again and obviously it's for lower income people it is a lot more difficult to come back from it as well um so I think that's probably when I first heard about that in more detail without actually knowing the term climate uh, justice itself but I definitely think in school I was not taught anything having to do with that like I don't think I can I think in university I was obviously I did an environmental class um, which taught us about like everything you said about there being um, just the industrial revolution and how when that got really bad they had to start putting laws in so that London like didn't have too much coal burning because people like there was just a bunch of effects that were negatively towards people, which was only then once they started actually like noticing all the bad things that climate change was causing due to like obviously coal and burning cars and all that stuff. So, but I think in school, like you said, it's just not in their interest. I could be wrong, but I feel like it's not in their interest to teach us about those kinds of things because then we'll obviously go against the government and be like, no, this isn't cool. And I don't think that's what most institutions 
want from us because then we'll just cause a ruckus about how bad everything is and when kids cause a ruckus then it's just a whole issue because then they're like we have to deal with kids and we don't want to do that kids are supposed to stay in their place because nobody wants to listen to kids but actually it really should be part of the education system it's the same with like environmental education like that's not really taught in schools either and like it really should be like, obviously, because having that knowledge is obviously, as we've said before, what gets the ball rolling um, and just makes good habits at least begin and just all that stuff and just understanding where our world is going. Um, but yeah, I think it was definitely only recently until I heard the term and schools need to teach us more, but they just don't, but they should. Thanks for the question. That was a really hard question. But that's why we're here to teach me. Sorry, that was so bad. <laughs> no, you keep that really in. Like... Keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> that's why yeah, you can't be one. You can't be I was just last one. <laughs> I should have. I mean, if I had said it without such a ridiculous, like, accent, <laughs> I was just last one. We're here. And I was like half sort of like in my seat, like, like going that's down. Fast. You know, I was just like, yeah, getting the... Just reaching the camera. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was also thinking like with what you said, like the schooling system is supposed to get people uh, so they go into the um, the workplace and they're good workers. And I guess like what you're saying is like, why would they why would they why would they do the opposite and be like, you know what? Protest against the, the the companies that are ruining it and actually just like, no, you should be you should be planning to work for them, you know? Like you should be obedient. You should be you should be doing what they tell you. I feel like I'm not trying to be over dramatic with it, but schools don't aren't trying to teach us to be like good for us or like mm. as much as they're trying to teach us to be leaders I don't think they are particularly that keen on making us all leaders mm. I think they want to make maybe a leader here and there but they just want to make a bunch of people that are going to listen to someone else tell them what okay. to do which is why we gotta gotta fight exactly. that you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly. go against it man um, yeah, so I think that this is, yeah, like, like everyone said, it's been a really good question. Um, I'm kind of thinking about it because it is a tough one. Um, when did I first hear the term? I think kind of like Michelle, it's, it's something that I guess it was clearly defined as environmental justice at university. Um, but I would say probably even on my course, it wasn't as into as much depth as we've like done it today. So like what we've learned in the definition we had for question two, um, because I feel like uh, similar to what we were saying for that question, that there's this whole emphasis on just, you know, the physical injustices or that occur from climate change or environmental things. Uh, so like, you know, certain communities might not necessarily be able to support themselves when it comes to like floodings or hurricanes or anything like that. Um, but I feel like when it was like clearly defined, so, you know, it's clearly defined as uh, what we define as today. I think that was probably, um, I'd say last year. Um, and and the only, only reason I'm saying this is because of, um, so I know we've, we've spoken about it before the sustainable fashion thing that I do there. Um, but like having people on who were talking about you know, uh, like, well, it was more broadly of like social justice, but they did talk about environmental justice there as well. And I think that's, that's where I like first clearly heard that people are saying like, yes, you know, we need to be able to support communities because if we, you know, like encourage people to go to thrift stores or, you know, secondhand shopping or buying your clothes from charity shops doesn't mean that, you know, 
your clothing is what you know worth less or you're worth less or your clothings aren't as good as you know other individuals you might go to like big end stores or you know like buy i guess the same top from h&m or whatever um but yeah i think that's the point uh, that I, I would say with that so for that one i'd say that's the first time i heard it um for the second question if i'm honest um I would say kind of, I mean, I feel like everyone's, everyone said it and I definitely agree that when it comes to like school and more specifically, you know, looking at how, um, if it was heard then I would say no. Now, bearing in mind that I, I didn't, I didn't study geography. My brother did. I, he, I didn't do it. So I don't know if in geography they focus on it a lot, but especially when I did, uh, cause I did like physics for a level and it's definitely something that wasn't raised then. Um, but I think kind of key what Sam said is it was in like we did sort of like not necessarily talk about the current impacts, but like stuff like, uh, you know, like Sam and Michelle said about the Industrial Revolution and, you know, looking at different countries and how uh, whether it's colonialism or, you know, certain religious beliefs or cultural beliefs that impacted that as well. Um, yeah, definitely in history, we learned a bit about that. And yeah, definitely, I think towards the end of my uh undergraduate so literally a couple of months ago uh, probably at the start of the year we had a module uh that was all about like uh sustainable development and that was one of the things that we did talk about so we talked about it through you know like through fashion we talked about it through um you know air quality and air pollution and stuff like that so yeah i think it's definitely not a term that i didn't hear i would say the reason being again i'd have to agree with everyone else it's it's just one of those things where you know maybe like i guess kind of like what michelle said you're challenging the system um so if you're thinking about it you know you're if you're le- if you're taught that you know like some communities don't get to experience you know the same the same uh, like values or the same things that we do because we've got you know we live in uh, an area that might be richer or you know because um you know systemically we can afford these things or these things are given to us and it's just one of those things where i think sometimes schools do and especially that's why i say like teachers i know we we spoke about it um with uh our first no second episode uh with kem but like teachers like can go into it and i think that's one of the things that i do like you know those teachers that you know bring real world issues and discuss real world issues with you um and i think that's the thing that people do generally see young children or like any like mainly young children sometimes even like like university students that are like 18 to 20 they just see them as like still as children and you know you're not you you can't really do much but actually you know from you know from yourself diamond from what you said today from you know other individuals like you could say uh like greta or uh you know the mc we had for michelle's episode um elizabeth um but there's like a whole host of individuals that you know they are quite young and they've done like um, amazing things and it's shown you that you know young people can do stuff they they should have more spaces and even uh this will be the last thing I'll, I'll say on it um but even i know like through through my research for for my disso like one of the things that i saw there was that um we were talking about environment um like i was look, looking specifically at flooding and uh, i think it was the save the children was talking about how the implementation of 13 to 14 year olds in policy making when it comes to flooding. So like, how can we make a community more resilient? So uh, that's basically talking about like 
can we encourage people like this is where you go if it's flooding you know to prevent flooding in your house you do this um or like you know letting people know like if you start to see early signs of flooding these are who you let you know these are the numbers you call so we can like stop it before it becomes a serious issue um but yeah they said like involving young children in this process is key because while you know um, and I'm not undermining the effect that it that flooding has on adults. They were saying that young people won't be used to this, especially in communities where flooding might not necessarily occur that often. Um, that young people will will feel like their whole world's been turned upside down. You know, they can't go to see certain friends, or you know, they can't have some of the you know they might have to move house, might not have some of the things that were in their house because you know it's been flooded or washed away. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things where you just have to think about it and just see that like, yes, actually young people can make a huge difference. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really good question. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll pass over to Nanushka to, uh, to you know, say her opinion. So yeah, Nanushka, go ahead. Okay. So uh, you guys gave some nice answers. <laughs> Mine's going to be a really short one because I, I was very clueless and still am very clueless on this whole topic. So hopefully I'll, you know, I'll educate myself now. But okay, so in response to the first question of when the first time I heard the term environmental justice, honestly, today. <laughs> yeah, I know, shameful. But it it yeah, it genuinely was today. I mean, because I mean, even like before when um I knew what the topic, I knew the topic of the podcast today, but I didn't know what it meant and it's kind of what Michelle said where you just thought it was just kind of to do with you know trying to you know help the environment passion about it you know all that kind of stuff but I didn't realize actually what the definition of it was which is why it was very helpful that you know Diamond you told us <laughs> well told me what it meant <laughs> I think these guys already knew but um yeah that like honestly today was the first time I actually heard the term because I, I I mean yeah I'd never heard it before and in relation to the second question, um, I'd never heard of it before when I was growing up. It was never addressed in school, really. It's, it's kind of similar to um, the whole environmental anxiety thing. I didn't know that it was a thing till when we actually recorded the podcast, which is why I'm really grateful for these podcasts, actually, because I'm very clueless. <laughs> and like, I mean, I did, obviously, I studied geography, but then I don't think it was ever addressed unless I completely zoned out, but I really don't think that it was ever addressed. Um, maybe it was at A-level. I don't know. I didn't take it for A-level, but for GCSE, I don't think it was addressed. We studied, obviously, all the natural disasters and stuff, but nothing about environmental anxiety or environmental um, justice ever came up. And so, yeah, I mean, it was I, I never knew of the term when I was growing up, never in school. And then, obviously, at university, I didn't have any environmental modules or anything like that I I, I wasn't very <laughs> in touch with the environment <laughs> like I try and do my part but I mean I think I, there's a lot more that obviously I can do and read up on and educate myself on which I didn't know but now that kind of I think these podcasts are also a good thing that now it's kind of opening my eyes as to like I don't know so many things and now I'm just gonna you know I could honestly I was telling um I think I was telling Jeffrey at some point, I can listen to Diamond. I, I like I could listen to you talking all day <laughs> about environmental justice. So, you know, because you're so passionate about what you do, like like we said in the other in one of the other questions. But yeah, I think um 
I was clueless, but now at least I know kind of some stuff. I don't know a lot, but you know, I will read up on it now, actually, to be fair, because I'm interested in it. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. <laughs> Oh, thanks for uh, thanks for that, Nanushka. And yeah, I think I think it's uh, I, I think I don't know if we re- recorded that section or not. But like Diamond was saying, um, it's perfectly cool to not necessarily be an expert on that. And I know even you know if we were to have uh, you know anything about like uh, like biotech or bio, uh, you know, like bio, but like anything. But like, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. help you with that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh, if you're telling me what's in the cell, I can help you there. But if you go past, like <laughs> anything more, anything I'm more, like you, so. clueless. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it's 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 good. And uh, like like uh, Diamond uh, has said to us, you know, like being able to admit that you know I don't know much about a topic, but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to know more about what I can do or what I can support or who I can support. Um, it's definitely key and uh, as always that perfectly leads us on to our MC of the month section so uh, this month uh, we've got a uh, another MC as always and this MC uh, now I know uh, as some of you probably guessed already uh, Diamond is from uh, the States uh, from the US um, but this uh, organization is specifically in the UK Um but this uh, this organization is called Environmental Justice Foundation. They're they're in the UK, uh, and essentially they are they describe themselves as a UK based non uh, non profit organization or uh, NGO um, working internationally to protect people and the planet. And you know what what more could you want from that? Um, I think it's really key because they say that they believe in. Um, environmental security being a human right for everyone and aim to give a voice to you know some uh, some of the most remote and vulnerable communities that are on our planet uh, and i think we can all agree with their dream which is of a, which is of a world where you know natural habitats and environments can sustain and be sustained by the communities that depend upon them uh, for their basic needs and livelihoods and i know that sort of relates to what we were talking about with michelle's episode of this idea of you know communities living off the uh, living off the land and you know keeping keeping you know safe and using that as their their resource but the reason why i picked them is because they do uh, very interesting work um you know i haven't gone into too much uh detail when i was doing the research for it but they they have a whole host of campaigns uh, and you can go to their website uh it's called ejfoundation.org um and they basically on their website they, they split their campaigns into five sections. So they've got the ocean, wildlife and biodiversity, uh, climate, forests and cotton. So they do campaigns on each of these subjects. Now, because I know we, we brought up the idea of uh, of climate and climate change, uh, we I want to specifically talk about their one uh, campaign within climate, which is called Protecting Climate Refugees. Now, for those of you, and we probably will probably do an episode about this later on in the future, uh, but a brief touch on what a climate refugee is or who climate ref- refugees are, are they're basically individuals who uh, either have been displaced or possibly in the future will be displaced by climate change, whether that's, you know, the local area that they live in has been affected by drought or blood uh, floods or storms or anything like that. Um, it's it's one of those things where we just uh, you know there's there's a wide range of, uh, of of impacts that go under that, and essentially they they they've got a few out a uh, few things that they've outlined. So one is they want to give commu- uh, vulnerable communities a voice, uh, which you know Diamond has raised here is something that's very important, and we know that 
even as individuals, whether it comes to, you know, uh, our race or our gender, it's important to give, uh, you know, unheard communities or communities where um, they're, they're not necessarily the first points of contacts, but they're definitely the ones that are going to be affected and uh, not giving them a voice. So they, they do work uh, about giving communi- uh, vulnerable communities a voice. Uh, they also um, talk about, you know, that there's been a rise of uh, climate refugees in certain countries and highlight the need of like what we can do to help them. Um, so, yeah, they're really a fascinating organization. And I think they, they definitely want to help combat, you know, the global climate crisis. And they're doing things like, you know, calling for governments to, to align to what they've agreed in the Paris agreements, you know, calling for intervention from, uh, you know, uh, the UN and different groups within the UN. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a whole host and, you know, I haven't gone into too much detail of it today. Um, but yeah, if you do want to know more, just check out their website and uh, we can, you can learn more there. But yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, uh, it's been fun. Uh, and that basically uh, ends our MC of the month section. Uh, so it's uh, it's been great. I hope you guys have enjoyed learning about it. And you know, do check out uh, the the Environment uh, Justice Org Foundation. And I know uh, you know there's a whole host of organisations that do do work on climate change. So if you are in other countries, please do check out because there might be a local one to you. Uh, and if not, you could be like Diamond and start up your own. So. Uh, Props to you if you do that. And who knows, you might even be on the podcast as a guest speaker too. But yeah, um, essentially, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Diamond. I think we can all say that we've we've learned a lot. It's been a very interesting conversation. Uh, and yeah, I think I think the key thing that we want our listeners uh, or our viewers to know is essentially where can they find... I know we've briefly talked about, you know, uh, Millennials for Environmental Justice, but where can they go to find out more about you or more about uh, Millennials for Environmental and Justice? Uh, for Environmental Justice, sorry. Yeah, of course. Well, I just want to start off by thanking you all so very much for having me on the show. Um, this was so fun. <laughs> this is an amazing group of people who are all um, seem like you all are also interested in inspired by environmental justice. So super excited and very happy to be connected with you all. So thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, but yes, feel free to stay in contact with me and with Emperor EJ. We love to communicate with folks from all over and we love to get people interested and excited about environmental justice so you can follow us on we're on twitter we're on facebook instagram linkedin all of the above um, and you can just search at millennials for ej so again that is at millennials for ej and you can also visit our website and that is www.millennialsforej.com um, we have a resource hub and we have tons of other ways that you all can engage with us so super excited to keep on engaging Wow, thank you so much, Diamond. And yeah, I think uh, from everyone uh, here at the Pick Up the Mic team and, uh, you know, especially to all our listeners, thank you so much for, for all this insightful stuff you told us. We look forward to seeing all the amazing things that you do because, uh, yeah, you're, you're definitely on the right path and you're definitely, you know, like we said, sharing this, uh, this intersectional, you know, interdisciplinary approach that's needed to address not only you know, environmental issues, but, you know, other issues as well. So thank you very much for that. Uh, thank you to our listeners and our viewers uh, for coming back and watching another episode and yeah keep an eye out for our next episode so that's a bye from everyone here guys and we wish you all the best